Visual effects designer Chris Ume melted the internet with his deep fake videos of Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise swinging a golf club, Tom Cruise doing a magic trick, and he's been doing a lot of talking about how he did this. But I wanna know why. So thank you, Chris, for being here to answer that very question. Can you tell us a little bit about why you did this video of Tom Cruise? Is this like a professional exercise or just showing the world that you can? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, second of all, um, I was just having fun. I always do these things to get better at what I'm doing. Like I want to be the best in what I do. And this was just a good test and somehow it went viral and yeah, that's where we are now. <laughs> that's a, a very that's though like fun. expensive way to have fun, right? Like <laughs> you, you do this professionally. And I think something a lot of people yeah. misunderstand about deep fake tech is they think it's the same as face swaps on phones. But what you do on a professional level takes thousands of dollars, <laughs> takes hiring a professional mm -hmm. actor to do the Tom Cruise impersonation. So like, can you tell people about the barriers to kind of doing what you're doing? Because it's more than just fun. Yeah. Um, well, the actor I'm working with, I, I worked with him on another project before, and we were having so much fun, like professionally. He's so fun to work with. I, uh, he called me after a few weeks later. He told me, like, Chris, we have to do something. There. Let's just do something for fun. And um, that's what people don't. You don't don't underestimate like the talent this actor has. He's a professional actor. Yeah. He's so good at imitating Tom Cruise. The way he's smiling, the way he's doing these weird things with his hands, like that's Tom Cruise. And then if you if you add me on top of that, like with the deep fake and visual effects, it's like a small Hollywood studio doing these videos. So that's the that and and especially I also have the hardware and and all these things to work with. So. That's why it's, it's looking at how it looks now. Like it's, 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 yeah, it's pretty so, good. So it looks like it took a lot of stuff to get that done. Like, do you, is this the first time you've done something like this or have you been doing this for like ever? Well, um, I've been focusing on AI and deep fake for two and a half years now. So it isn't the first time. I'm, I'm also employed uh, by Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker at South Park Studios. I work for their, their AI studio. So no way for a while. I now. have to stop you right there yeah. because I love South Park. <laughs> I love South Park so much. Wait, so yeah. you work there? Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I'm so yeah. jealous. Uh, can you, I'm not sure if you're allowed, but if you can, can you tell me about something you've gotten yeah. to do there? Well, well, we, we released our first videos a couple of months ago, Sassy Justice. It's like this online TV show we created. We created a pilot and it's a TV show where every character is a deep fake. And Donald Trump, uh, but he's called Sassy in our in our uh, pilot. He's, he's fighting for justice and he's he's fighting for how to detect deep fakes. Like, it's so funny. You should watch it like it's, 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 I'm, I'm honored to have to, to, to work on that stuff. Shoshana is a big South Park fan. <laughs> so that is, that is an exciting news drop. Yeah. I'm trying to think about when I first yeah. started learning and hearing about this tech. And I think it has to be, mm -hmm. honestly, it, it went from a Star Wars movie a couple of years ago. Do you remember when Rogue One came out and Disney basically brought back to life the actor Peter Cushing oh, to yeah. play Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars Rogue One? And it was this moment where we were like, 
are they going to be able to start bringing back actors from the dead as long as their family yeah. members sign off on it? And it's like a renaissance in art. I mean, Chris, like it's got to be kind of exciting because you might one day get to work on actors that have passed away whose estates are okay with you uh, using their likeness. Have you ever kind of thought about that and where it might go? Um, yeah. What I'm, when I'm using this technique, I'm especially looking for creative ways of using it, not just swapping one face with another, but there are so many things you can use it for. Like, for example, I'm using, uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm did a restoration on this old music video of a Belgian French singer who passed away, passed away in the 70s. So I deep faked a high quality interview on top of that music video. It's all his face in that video. And now I've got this 4K full colored um, uh, song of him. Like he's, it, it's the same man doing the same performance. And it's so cool just using this technique in creative ways. It's, yeah, it, there are no boundaries and we just don't realize the possibilities yet. It sounds like you're really passionate about your work, and that's something I always admire, people who just love, love what they do, and it seems you have that. Are there things about your work that you wish either regular people or people sort of interested in this stuff would know about it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I do on my YouTube channel, I'm, I'm always trying to show them uh, uh, what's possible using this technique. Um, you, 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 you can do so many things like, like, uh, I, I imagine like in a few years you could, you could even work on a planet of the apes and you wouldn't need 3d models. You wouldn't need makeup. You could do, do it all in deep fake. Um, like there are so many, and that's what I try to show the people. I just try to show the glimpse of what's possible. And I know that tech isn't there yet. It still needs time to get better. And, and, and I know that, but we're getting there and you see the potential and that's what I try to show people and, and if possible. Yeah. Um, I would like to work on fun stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. And Chris, and you kind of talking about the potential and recently you, you mentioned mm -hmm. that there's kind of like no boundaries to what can be done here. And I think the yeah. boundaries yeah. thing is what scares people. Um, regulators are looking at how to get involved in deep fake technology. Governments are trying to figure out how to protect against deep fake scandals. Um, by malicious sort of like hacker types or individuals. So I guess I want to know not what should governments do, but what would be an overreaction in your mind by governments? Like what do you think that would be too far in terms of protecting against deep fake scandals and stuff like that? Well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid they're, they're just going to... Uh talk about banning the technology altogether like that doesn't make sense every new technology is going to scare people and there are always going to be people misusing this technology so so I'm, I'm scared uh, just like like I talked uh, told you before the interview like like there are all, uh, all these articles about someone is doing a deep fake like everything like even if it's Photoshop it's all called the deep fake now because that's what people uh, when, when they think about deepfake, it's always uh, fooling people and, and misinformation and doing and, and but that's not the case. So my my my, I'm scared they're just gonna ban, want to ban it all together. But you cannot stop the technology and people who want to misuse it. They're probably already working on, on stuff in 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 their own company and in in, in, in in their own private companies. I'm using open source software to do what I did. So just imagine what other people already have. Um, we just have to think about how to regulate it, and, and we have to do it, but we have to think about it before um, 
thinking we make before, a decision actually. that we what would. a novel concept yeah. Yeah. I know I mean there's a reason that there's a term for evidence-based policy making and it's because that's not the norm which is like a problem but I I totally agree with everything Chris is saying there especially like you know um it's a moral panic. Every time there's a new technology, even the bicycle, there was a moral panic there. And for creations, there's more there. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have to be more careful. We don't have to think through stuff more. But like, we, we need to not regulate in a moral panic. Right. Um, and also take into account, like, I don't want to stop Chris from doing the stuff he's doing. Like, that's awesome. And he should keep being able to do that. Yeah. And Chris, one of the the folks that I work with who knows a lot more about this technology than I do was talking about the best way to defend against deep fake problems is to have it be open source, available to anybody. So you, me, um, a politician or anybody can hang out in their basement and work on deep fake tech because the more the information is shared, the more that methodology for detecting it can be developed. Is that your understanding of it as well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, 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 uh, why I uh, make these videos as well is always to raise awareness, to show people like this is possible. And, and we have to prepare ourselves for this kind of tech in a few years uh, because people will be able to do the same thing as I'm doing, um, even when they're not that uh, skilled in what I'm doing in a few years. But, but it's, it's the example I always uh, uh, bring up is like you had Photoshop 20 years ago. People didn't know you could fake photos. Today, everyone knows a photo can be fake. But still, you need a really skilled guy or girl to, to, to fake a good photo to make it look real. So it's not that easy. This is a video 25 or 30 frames per second. So it's a lot of things you have to. It, it's not easy to do this. Yeah. And on that note, um, are there ways you know of to catch a deep fake to be like, oh, well, that, that's not real. Like I've heard about <laughs> like blinking that that's one of the ways that um, in deep fakes that because there's not a lot of pictures of people with their eyes closed, that they don't show blinking a lot. Are there other things? Mm, well, well, the blinking thing that doesn't really make sense, because if you work on your data set, then you have everything. Um, so um, what I always say is look at the eyes, uh, because sometimes the eyes, it, it, sometimes it, it has this dead eye effect. You just know like, there's something off, something is not wrong, uh, not right. But still, if you're good, you can fix it. But the edges as well, like the edges of the, of the face, like if there's some glitch and you can even go frame by frame and you'll probably see something. Like there's always something going on or sometimes freckles fading in, fading out because uh, the data set exists out of different uh, data from different scenes and shots. So in some, in some, in some shots, you'll, you'll have freckles and in some it's too yeah. dark, so you won't see them. And in a deep fake, you'll, 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 you'll see it like it's fading in, fading out, small details. I know it's not easy, but that's how you could, you could uh, The thing that still worries me here is people see what they want to see. And even when it comes to like bad photoshops, I feel like whenever someone shares like a fake video of Nancy Pelosi, people will go like, oh, well, that's obviously not real. That was that was edited. But they'll go, ah, it might as well be real. That's yeah. what I that's what I think of her anyways. Confirmation bias. I have is a king. good example. I have a really good example of that. Like, you know, I've been swamped with emails the last couple of days and weeks. And there was this one email of a woman who contacted me and she said, like, my daughter has been deep fake. 
So I told her, yeah, you have to go to the police. Go, uh, go to the police and, 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 and talk about it. You should, you should pursue this. And she said, no, 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 no. But it is the police who's doing it. I said, what? And then she sent me this video. And, and she said, like, this is a video of my daughter at a party. But she's, she was never there. The police g- gave her a fine and she was never there. And it was this normal video with normal lighting. And she was so close to the camera. She was doing all these things for the face and moving around, doing everything. And she had a 56 page uh, document mm-hmm. with on every page. She had a description like on that second, this is happening. On that second, this is happening. And I was looking at it and I, I just went frame by frame. And I thought like, this is real. This is your daughter. She's even wearing glasses. Like that's impossible. If you want someone right. to fake this video, it will cost you thirty to $40,000. And I, I, I gave her this analysis like, Sorry, but this is real. And in the end, she sent me a mail back like, you believe what you want. I know this is deep fake and I'll find an expert who will prove it. And I think like, people want to believe yeah. what they want to believe, will believe what they want to believe. And I'll never forget this email. I'll never forget it because, yeah, that's that's scary. That's really scary. Yeah. I just... There's a yeah. lot of that going around. I, I think you're totally right. And I'm glad that you see it the same way, especially having the expertise you do thinking through these same kinds of issues. It's something that, you know, we see working mm. in politics a lot, just people believing what they want to. You know, it might as well be real. Oh, the truth doesn't matter for us, but it matters for them. Um, but I, you know, on, on my end, I'm not so sure that deep fakes are going to change that. Like, I mean, it might add another layer to this thing already happening, but do you see it? changing anything like in a in a genuinely unique way as it comes to like this information or people believing what they want to or do you think it'll just be like you know the next photoshop this might as well be real yeah i think i think uh especially journalists will have to find a way to confirm their sources because everything they publish is being seen by a lot of people and people need to find a way where to find uh confirmed sources or news or videos that are real and, and, and not like it's now, like you can find anything on Facebook and stuff. Now you have to find a place where you have, them, uh, I, I can't pronounce that word, but like real footage, confirmed footage. Yeah. And I think I think we'll have to find a way uh, how to do that. I'm not sure how, it's just in my mind, like we have to find something, but I'm not sure how we should do it. Yeah, that. we're really it's wary so in the United States about cookie cutter approaches to things. And there's this conversation happening with disinformation in America where right now liberals are really whipped up about information online uh, and making sure people know that it's not true, disinformation campaigns. And I think conservatives' instinct is like, all right, well, you want media literacy in classrooms. You want to, to teach people in schools how to detect misinformation, but you want them to be able to detect right-leaning misinformation, not left. And that's what keeps us away from being able to help kids learn how to detect it because media literacy is the answer. We need to be able just to see it and detect it and not debate it. But I don't think we're ever going to get that in the United States, at least. The EU might because they're a little more heavy handed. Sure. Oh yeah, it's it's. it's uh, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think I think they're they're more comfortable with that kind of thing over there. It's just over here. Yeah. It's just been it's been hard to get any consensus around a thing like media literacy. And it's a hard issue too, because a lot of this stuff I think is human nature. It's kind of how we keep talking about how deep fakes. You know, it's not the new technology that's creating the problem. It's human nature and, and other stuff like that. And I think a lot of issues boil down that way. And it's hard. It's hard stuff to fight against. But 
Like I'm very like James mm. Madisonian where I'm like, you know, you always have to be fighting against certain bad parts of human nature, certain bad things that we do. Not that people are bad, but like we all kind of have bad instincts. And it's it's interesting to see the way the debate's going here and how fearful people are of, oh, what will deep fakes do? But then thinking about like if we if we take a heavy hand with regulation, will Chris be able to do this or will he like, you know, be um, uh, violating the law? Will he even know he's violating the law when this stuff passes? Um, but I, you know, there's been legislation even in the U.S. to like kind of limit Photoshop use and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris, what do you think of like limitations? Have you seen, um, you know, are you a fan of limiting deepfakes in any particular way? Or do you think pretty much it's like, you know, access oh. is going to be the solution? Yeah. Well, well, I, I personally don't don't understand why deepfake pornography websites are still online. Like, like, how is that possible? That's mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Like, like, there should be limitation, and especially with, with political disinformation as well. Like, like political messages which are edited. Like, that shouldn't be allowed, in my opinion. Um, but, but my my dream and my goal is to go to Hollywood to work. Uh, to, I'm already there, but just to work on more stuff. So, I I, I hope that's still possible in the end, and and the, the misuse of the technology will be limited, and and uh, I. Understand there will be limitations of certain things and certain part, certain things. I'm still I'm doing as well. Like how, uh, what can I do with my Tom Cruise deep, yeah. deep Tom Cruise videos? Like, is it satire? Like, I, I know it's it's all like a gray area, and I know there should be limitations in certain ways, but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like how, what you're describing is is along the lines of we talked about open source being good. You need to be able to share the tech and share the technology with people who are working this space so they can learn together and also mm-hmm. learn how to create the detection mm-hmm. mechanisms. But I also worry about like the consent thing, right? Like who's yeah. the guinea pig in the test? Like Tom Cruise in this case, like do you get his permission to be deep faked or me? Like if someone deep fakes me, like I feel like I should have a right to say like, you can't do that with my likeness. Um, but you can. And I'm not sure how you get both. It's not, yeah. you're not going to get government that regulates uh, and protects like the consent part of it and then also allows people to share the tech. It's just not going to work. Yeah, that that's a hard spot to figure out. And it's something that I'm still kind of mentally working through. I think the solution might end up being simpler than we're thinking, but it, it, it's hard to balance that. Uh, Chris, have you known anyone uh, who's like dealt with deep fakes in a bad way or even created bad deep fakes? Or has that been like so far <laughs> off your radar where like, you know, you, oh, you're no. in a pure spot? I, I, I don't interact with those kind of communities at all. Uh, that's not my main, that's not my, 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 my thing at all. Like I, I don't want to have to do anything with that, those kind of things. But I just want to get back to like, like a deep fake in a way it's difficult because in a way it's like a hyper realistic painting yeah. in a way. Like when do you decide you're, you're, you're using someone's likeness? That's really difficult. That's really difficult. I, I don't know how to put that in words. And um, on the Tom Cruise thing, we actually sent an email to Tom Cruise's uh, agency. We called them, like, did you receive our email? They said yes. And in that email, we said, like, hey, if you want us to stop with our TikTok account, we'll do it right away. We know you're going to work on some movies in the future. Like, use your TikTok account. You can have it. Yeah. They never responded. That's really interesting, though, like what he mentioned about sort of like painting. Because... Yeah. 
w- yeah, what's to stop you? Like if you're talking about deep fakes from then also being like, you also cannot paint a portrait of Tom oh, Cruise yeah. wearing a panda hat and riding a unicycle because that is using his likeness against his consent. It, it, what's the difference? Yeah. It's just a different medium of expressing someone doing a thing. I, I, I'm sympathetic to that 100%. Yeah. Um, Chris Umay, thank you so much for coming on right now to talk to us about this. Uh, we are layman's and we've just learned a lot from you. Really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for the nice talk. I really enjoyed it. All right. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.